Welcome, everyone, to another round of Final Stint, uh, where two Americans talk about some racing and other sports-related things that are kind of going on. Uh, just delve into some thoughts. Uh, my name is Austin, Cookie Monster FL. I'm joined by, uh, or with Chris Washer97. Chris, how you doing? It's been a while. It, it has been a while. Life has gotten in the way, but... Uh doing this right in the in the nick of time because recording this thursday night local time when we got the uh eight hours of bahrain you know on, on saturday um so that's a but it's lots of uh interesting things going on in that race some big championship battles that's good that's gonna be down to the wire yeah i mean Alp- alpine and uh and toyota come to mind i mean we've got um uh, we've got some GT uh, title battles that will definitely go to the wire uh, in that race. Um, the BOP, specifically with the hypercars, looks to be a little bit more um, balanced, uh, or at least uh, the Peugeots seem to be uh, slightly competitive and um, are at least looking to be. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, exciting, um, unpredictable. You know, we'll we'll keep throwing words in there. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, it's an eight-hour race, so it's always a little bit more special for that instead of a six and obviously with it being dusk to evening um it's always that that's always great i almost as an american wish that it was a it was a saturday night race almost like that where we would get up at like saturday to watch it um in the u.s just because it, it does kind of have that saturday night feel chris like where it's uh you almost want to end the uh the season kind of under the lights like saturday night style kind of thing and um, you know, so so maybe that would have made it a little bit more uh, hype for me. But otherwise, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this weekend. So, yeah, not particularly a favorite start for us Americans. I believe it starts at six a.m. Eastern time. Um, yeah, so a little and, bit more palatable for me. But um, the, the further west you go, it gets rough. <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention, if you are a big enough fan, you got you know the support races, you know, and all of that stuff, which we do have some support races, which we'll talk after we get, uh, after we, we'll, well, after we get done with the, uh, the meat and bones here of the weekend. So we already had two practice sessions. Um, Peugeot topped them both. I think it's very important. I think the, they reached into the 149s. And in FP2, the ideal lap time for between all three hypercar manufacturers. Now the ideal lap time is basically putting like your best sectors together. Um, and it was like less than half a second for the, for the, for the ideal lap times between all three manufacturers, which is very, very encouraging for a, uh, for a competitive race on Saturday. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we're. <clears throat> I guess if, if you're expecting something from BOP to to be functional and working, not perfectly, but working pretty well, uh, this is kind of the results you want to see at least to the start of the weekend. So, um, you know, pace can be a lot different. Um, you know, Saturday to Sunday, but we'll see. This is kind of what you would want to see from BOP, where all the cars are going to be the same, and kind of what we should be expecting to see next year. Um, when it comes to how close the pace is going to be with a lot of these uh, these teams and manufacturers, it should be relatively this close. And, you know, this this should lead to eight hours of pretty exciting racing if the pace is going to be relatively that close. And especially when it comes to the championship, 
battles. Um, <clears throat> like I'm definitely prepared to see some uh, some swings being taken. Um, you know, some some risk being taken. You know, with strategy or something like that, especially on the Alpine team, to to see if they can elevate themselves above the Toyotas. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say that, uh, it's guaranteed to be a great race on Sunday, but, uh, it, it's, it, it has the groundwork laid now, at least at the start of the weekend to be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good race. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And that's just, you know, with, again, with five hypercars and then the rest of the field, obviously that we'll talk about too, but, um, you know, it just, it just is always putting in the back of my head, you know, like this is. It's going to get so much bigger than this. And, um, you know, if they could even capture half of the excitement that we currently have kind of with, with this championship as it winds up going into this weekend, you know, we're going to be in a really good spot a year from now. So, Right. And I just want to – I just got reminded um, last time out at Fuji, we were talking about practice times and trying to make – you know, trying to, trying to get – trying to fit some more pieces of the puzzle on – what exactly was going to happen towards the weekend. And when the practice times came in, everybody thought, okay, like Toyota and Peugeot, like they might be in a race with themselves, but Alpine will be very behind. Well, Alpine jumped the Peugeot on pace and qualifying. So some, so obviously practice times do not lead to everything. Uh, the, all the pieces of the jigsaw are not in place until qualifying happens. But uh, it's nice to know that we have two pieces of the puzzle right now. They look encouraging, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're biased like me and want an Alpine championship. <laughs> mm. So, and top speeds, the top speeds, um, put around like 287, 289, um, and they're all within like 10 miles an hour f- from each other. So, that's we'll have to wait and see on that. The championship fight. Uh, number 36 Alpine and number 8 Toyota for the Drivers' Championships. Those are tied on points. Um, I believe WC does points for qualifying. So they'll edge out Toyota or Alpine, however the results go there. Um, but either way, it's, gonna be a, it's basically going to be a matter of who finishes ahead of the other. Um, in that case... That should be in because uh, Alpine obviously has the stint link issue, so that could pose a problem. But Toyota is not free of issues either. Although they looks like they've worked on that, they have been being less. Uh, keep in mind, Fuji, nothing really bad happened to them. So how do you, how do you see this playing out? So let's say the BOP is is, is working like intended. You know they're they're competitive. They're all fighting for positions. If if they're equal on pace, I don't think Alpine has a chance to win the championship. To be honest, because of that stint link issue. What, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I can can say would be that they they have some way to save some fuel. You know, so it's either engine mapping or it's the drivers themselves being able to short shift and you know having somehow a little bit of a spear just like balance or pace advantage you know through through the meat of their stints where that they can kind of um you know either it'll gain a little bit of advantage on pace on track or they can save enough where um you know this they, they can maybe push their stint like because again you know it's not the short track bahrain which would make this awesome 
Um, but it is, uh, you know, it's it's still not Lamont. So it's um, while it is definitely a, you know, it's not a short track. It's definitely shorter than some of the other tracks that they go to as well, including Spa. So for them to potentially be able to save fuel during the stint, I think it's maybe more reasonably doable here. And again, if they just have a better balance of the car and that they can carry that speed and have that pace and match them with the Toyotas, maybe there, there's a chance that they can actually save some fuel. But, you know, again, it's I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the math kind of doesn't check out in their favor. They kind of need to be able to, um, you know, outlast the Toyotas somehow, either with uh, with fuel economy or just out, you know, with pace because they do have a, a disadvantage. So. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see, though, if because they're on a different um, pace strategy and we might start seeing actual fights between the Peugeot and Toyota um, teams that if their overall pace gets disrupted enough and Alpine, you know, like I'm I can actually start entertaining ideas where other things can start upsetting the apple cart besides, OK, Alpine's raw pace is this Toyota's raw pace is that. You know, there's really not anything that's going to happen here outside of maybe traffic or something random. But now it's just kind of like, okay, well, if they're all infighting with each other kind of thing and Alpine Alpine is still a little bit behind, they could start gambling with something, you know, start saving some more fuel because they're not fighting. They're not losing as much pace. I don't know. So I, I definitely see there's options for Alpine to come out ahead. But I'm, I'm with you that I, I just... They would need stuff like that to work their way, and they can't fall behind. They really can't. They need to be, you know, ahead of the Toyotas at all times if possible, you know, and try to work that strategy if you know if they can. So that's that's the Hypercar Drivers Championship. Uh, for the Manufacturers Championship, it seems like Toyota has this on a lock. Um, basically, both Toyotas need to just die if Alpine has any chance. Um. LMP2, uh, number 38, Jota. Um, it looks like they're going to be likely to take the title. I think they're up by like, like 20, 21 points. So base, basically, they would have to have a mayor of a race um, to lose their championship. LMP2 Pro-Am, however, that's that's a more tighter fight. Uh, we have AF Corsa and Algarve Pro. They're only they're eight points from each other. That thing... Uh, that's still competitive and could very still swing either way. Yeah, that's and that's going to be something to obviously watch the the entire race because of how volatile the LMP2 um, is going to be. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's just there there's going to be a lot to watch, and you know, not and I think that there's the championship is something extra to watch on top of it. I'm. I'll be honest. A lot of the championship races are just like it, they're they're tough for me to kind of like get it into it fully of like the gravitas of it. Whereas I feel like it's a little easier with like maybe F one and NASCAR because it's just you've gone through so many rounds, so there is an end to it. And I think with endurance racing, you know, the end of the race almost feels like the end of the season per se. You know, to me, so having a race like having a championship race like this come down to a lot of different classes and doing different stuff is like. That's just an extra layer that sometimes it's like it's a data overload for me where I'm like, I'm just trying to pay attention to who's winning, who's leading the class, you know, who's battling, if there's any upsets anyway. And then you're throwing in championship stuff where it's like, oh, God, yeah, you know, like there's extra decisions that need to be made. So that's why I feel like 
I, I can't really predict a lot of stuff, especially with uh, the hypercar too with Alpine, because I mean, there's probably going to be opportunities where you could you could gamble where we just haven't seen it all year, and I that might be places where Alpine you know ducks in the pits or stays out, does something crazy try to maintain and hold on to their uh to any advantage they possibly can hold on to when it comes to the race because you know it it just seems like with this year it's been it's been made very clear how far everyone's willing to go to get a championship or to win that thing and uh we'll talk about that later on too but um so yeah i don't know i feel like this year especially like i gotta pay attention to the championship round now more than ever and it's like I got to get myself prepped for that, man. It's 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 not easy to do sometimes for me. There's a lot going on here, and especially in endurance races, it's like I already got enough stuff to pay attention to. So, but yeah, man, it's uh yeah, it's a lot of lot of battles, and especially with the MLP two class. Like, I, I mean, thirty eight's favored, but like, man, I mean, they could get easily punted into some gravel, like, mm-hmm. and then they're done. So just a. Uh- just to name the drivers that are competing because it is a driver's championship. We should give them some credit. Uh, number eight, Brendan Hartley, Rio Hirakawa, uh, obviously, uh, Hirakawa from Super Formula and Super GT fan. Uh, and Sebastian Buemi, then the number 36 Alpine is Andre Negrao, Matthew Vokes. Vokes. That, that last name will always stump me. We just call him Matthew Box- Vaccine for yeah. the memes. Oxymere um, or something like that. Yeah, and then you got Nicola Lapierre in that car. Then you get 38 Joda. It's leading by. Let me get my points here. Okay, yeah, it's a uh, pretty. It, it's it's more than 20. Uh, uh, actually, no, it's 18 points. I if I'm doing my math right. Basically, no um, no wrecks or mechanical failure. Pretty much, and then Antonio Felix da Costa. Uh, Roberto Gonzalez and Will Stevens uh, would be the champions if kept the same. What about Pro-Am? What are the drivers for that? And of course, obviously in the lead, Alessio Rivera, absolutely stalwart of a driver. Uh, and then you got Francois Perotto and Nicholas Nielsen. And then in Algarve Pro, we got James Allen, Rene Bender, and Stephen Thomas. So, and speaking of championships, and you know, we're, I'm kind of skipping around here, but what, what, um, so we talked about LMPs a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about LMP2. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on, on GT, uh, on the G, uh, GT Pro and then GTM? What are your thoughts on the championship coming into this, this round with those guys? So, the GTE Drivers Championship is 11 points. So that's still relatively close. Um, AF Corsa is in the lead in the Drivers' Championship with Perguidi and Collado. And they got Porsche right behind with Estra and Christensen. Um, so that will be a, 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 a duel. <laughs> you know, like we saw last year, Porsche versus Ferrari fighting for a championship. Um and then you got the, the Manufacturers Championship, which I think is going to be way more interesting to focus on because you've got Ferrari leading Porsche by only one point. And Drivers' Championship is cool and all, but in, in the world of sports car racing, sometimes it's just easier to focus on the manufacturers because 
And that one might be more interesting as, as the race goes on, depending on the way it goes. Um, especially, so, yeah. especially for factory. For factory, it's all oh, about yeah. it's all about the manufacturer getting that title. So, I mean, they'll, yeah, the, that, I, that, that's world champion. That's a world championship. Yeah, yeah. That's that's advertising bragging rights beyond belief. Like, and not. I mean, whether or not it works or not, it's just like I just I, can you can you imagine can you imagine a year where whoever whatever OEM doesn't win one of these championships or at least Lamar or something that doesn't brag about it like I mean it's just it's straight up like advertising posters so like incoming uh so yeah I mean it's and especially from what all the drama of last year um I'm very excited to see, to see how close they are at the end of the eight hours and see if any other um close encounters uh, occur but I'm sure race control and Eduardo Freitas is going to be uh is going to be watching them very closely uh, throughout the race, because uh, I doubt uh, FIAWC want anything to do with uh, a repeat of last year, um, especially <laughs> after Formula One's uh, crazy end of their their season as well. So it, um, FIA need clean finishes to their championships. So I really doubt we're going to see any uh, any fireworks. But hey, I I, w- I I would have said the same thing last year if somebody asked me, hey, do you think Porsche and Ferrari are going to come together at the, like and then create some crazy controversy by way of like sort of obeying, but then not really obeying like specific rules on how that works? Like, uh, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm excited for round two. I'm bringing my popcorn either way. Well, uh, the G- the end of GTE Pro is uh, certainly well. going to put on a show. Um, Really unfortunate, the class at the end. Um, obviously, Porsche and Ferrari, who were bas- who were basically kept this class afloat. You know, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do hypercar, and we don't we just don't want to focus on a GT Pro class." Um, that was that was literally it. I mean, you had Corvette. The Cor- I, I you you bet Corvette was willing to run a pro class, but like, if you only have one manufacturer interested, uh, it's uh. Not exactly good. So, yeah, so end of GTE Pro, we're going to do GTE next year. Basically, GTE AM rules. And then uh, 2024, we move on to uh, GT3. So, that'll be interesting. Corvette, obviously, interested, already confirmed, doing uh, WEC next year, I believe. With Keating as their AM driver, that's going to be awesome. And speaking of Keating, he's leading the championship in GTEM by 20 points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, I, it, we, we, we take notes throughout the month to have discussions and stuff. So um, uh, Chris has a little note in here about uh, Ben Keating goat. And I, and I understand that... <laughs> um, that this is well-known knowledge if you're a sports car racing or endurance fan for the last, like, maybe, what, f- 10 years, maybe? No, maybe five, six years. Like, the the dude's money. He knows how to he knows how to drive race cars. I would have said before him, I would have put, um, oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. LMP2 driver, uh, software developer. Um, uh uh, David Heinemann or Hanson? That's him. Yeah, I would have said he's probably one of, like, I would say t- talent-wise, one of the most talented AMs I've just personally have seen race. 
and like would say like if he raced when he was a kid or like you know that was what he did growing up he would be an ex- like a very very good race car driver i would have to say the same thing with ben keating and the crazy thing about ben keating is that he's just that much older than david heidemeyer hansen and like the like the dude just knows how to drive these cars like he would absolutely be a fantastic and long ter long serving sports car racing driver if he started doing it when he was younger like i mean like i that he continually impresses and that's the thing like some of these guys will will, will do well um roman rusinov obviously and you know there'll be spurts of that where they're like pace is good pace is really good and then there'll just be times where you're just like out to lunch and Ben Keating will have those, but man, I mean, they're so few and far between, and he has such stellar uh, stints that almost compare to pro drivers, or just that just blow am drivers way out of the water. I, it's just it 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 he continues to amaze me. So, um, just that that note on there, like, I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? At least at least for what I've seen, um, what I've seen personally myself, he's definitely one of the greatest am drivers I've ever. I've ever been able to see in my lifetime. So, um, personally, so, uh, yeah, I would absolutely pull Ben Keating up as, uh, he's definitely going to win this championship and wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, comes out of the gate swinging next year as well. Uh, the dude is on fire. And we're going to mention his co-driver too, Marco Sorensen, who would also be co-champion. Um, and unfortunately, it'll just be two drivers, even though it's going to be a three-driver lineup. Hendrik Chavez is also going to be in that 33, I believe it is, but he did miss Sebring. So he didn't get the points for that. So it's just going to be Keating and Sorensen uh, leading the championship with a 20-point gap. We'll talk about who's in second. It's the Northwest Aston Martin Racing Team. You got uh, David Petard, Nikki Team, and Paul Dallalana. 20 points, because I believe the winner gets 25. That that, that might be... Unlo- if if, they, if TF Sport doesn't have a problem, that could be massively hard to overcome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, like Gravel Trap, um, you know, LMP2, Am Driver, Punt, and, you know, this is a different conversation kind of thing. Uh, we we've seen that I think a little bit this year too. Uh, no, let me rephrase. Uh, okay. It's thirty eight points because it's eight oh. hours. Oh, okay. So much much more doable. <laughs> okay, okay, much more doable. So yeah, I I think there's a part of it where you want to strategize a uh, maybe like a get to a halfway point kind of thing, so that uh, because I think they are are do they issue points at uh, designated spots or is it all at the end? I don't think so, but basically, judging by my napkin math, TF Sport just needs to finish third or better. Okay. Because third offers 23 points. Guaranteed, doesn't matter what anybody else does, third or better wins it. Yep. Got it. Uh, then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the... But at the same time, Ben Keating's good enough to... You could stick him and, and have him do Hero since the beginning, and I think he would do fine, and you just run him anyway. So... You know, I think they they have such a, a comfortable lead that it's flexible. You know, it's just literally don't do anything stupid. You know, um, if if you can fight for positions and fight for the for the lead, that's good. But when it comes to traffic management, just be as careful as humanly possible and make sure you're surviving up until hour five, hour six, and then start going for it. They they just have a driver lineup that will keep them in the top half of the GTM. 
you know, field, if not the, the point for most of the race anyway. So I think they'll have good pace. It's just keeping it clean and really just not taking, not affording anything. Cause again, if they don't really need to do much, you know, they just, they need to watch what any, everybody else does and see and react to that. So. Welcome back guys. We were just taking a little bit of a break. A uh, buddy of ours uh, from endurance chat uh, stopped in the, the recording booth, the virtual recording booth per se. Uh, Michael Floodman Eleven, sir, how are you doing? Glad that you could Hi. stop by and join us on this weird little uh, rant escapade that we do every month now. As Americans, yeah, this is yeah. I, I didn't well, I did know that this was a thing, but hey, I, I I'm here. It's been a long time since I've been behind the microphone uh, for endurance chat, so this is a a bit of a return, I guess. But no, this is cool. I, I like this. Yeah, you're you've been doing some marshalling and stuff, so and I, I've been moving and there's been a bunch of stuff going on, so it's been a little bit disconnected. But we'll uh, we're getting back on track. So how you been, man? How's the how's the marshalling going? Um, I have been doing super duper well uh, in terms of motorsport stuff. Uh, so I was just out at the bend a few weeks ago to marshal at the uh, Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships, um, which was a lot of fun, even though half the events on Sunday got rained out, which sucked. Um, and then next month, I'm going to be at the uh, Adelaide 500, the return of the Adelaide 500. I, I got confirmation for that last week. So That's awesome, yeah, man. I'm super duper excited for that. Yeah. Do you know where you're going to be posted or what you're what you're doing? I don't know where I'm going to be posted, but I am going to be on the communications loop. So nice. I'm going to be uh, communicating with all the other Marshall posts and with the race control. So that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have to give a best of of uh, of radio chatter. Um, any interesting <laughs> quips or uh, or anything? Not to get anybody in trouble, but uh, I don't know. You've you've spoken in the past of, of some of that stuff that that makes it interesting for me at least, or just to hear people's opinions over the radio sometimes when they don't necessarily intend to, or you can kind of like. You can infer it, kind of thing. Uh, that always yeah. interests me. So you're, you're going to have to keep me apprised of how that goes. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll do a, a post somewhere or I'll tell some stories at some point. Oh man, I, I I'm excited for that to come back too. I, I was I was pretty bummed that they uh, that was taken away from the calendar for a while. So I'm glad glad for for all you Adelaideans or yeah. however you're you guys call yourselves. So. Yeah, Adelaidean is correct. Wow. Well, I I literally remember. I pulled in. I pulled into a parking spot. I this is when I worked very early. I pulled in my parking lot like thirty minutes before work. I checked my phone, checked Facebook. Adelaide five hundred scrapped, and I've never been so sad. Like that <laughs> literally, that literally ruined my mood. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like yeah. taking Monaco away from like F one. It, it, it like I don't know if I if I think of it as a street race for V eight, it's definitely Adelaide. And, and yeah, obviously, like, imagine they, if it. I, I must imagine it would be like if, like for me, because I've been to that event for like 20 years now, uh, it must be like, you know, getting an announcement that IMS has canceled Road, Road America or something. Like you just. It'd be Long oh. Beach. It'd be Long Beach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it yeah, would it definitely just, be just, that. I, uh, as soon as I saw that news, I, it was like my mood changed in an instant, but it's back now. So we're all happy. <laughs> anyway, what were, you, what were you guys talking about before I got here? I feel like I rudely interrupted by like sweeping in while you're doing. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, so rudely yeah. interrupted. We're just like a bunch of sports yeah. car nerds just nerding out. So you're rudely interrupting the nerd out. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. talking about <laughs> goddamn foreigners taking our jobs. <laughs> That's how it works, man. That's how it works. <laughs> eight hours. We're talking about the eight hours the WC uh, finale. Uh, any any 
loose thoughts you have on that right now on uh on um, anything heading this championship weekend bahrain is way better than people give it credit for and i love the transition to night racing that's mm. it no when fp3 is being live streamed for the very first time outside of Ooh. okay that's exciting yeah i'm getting ready to to grab that i i just can't wait I, hopefully there's gonna be like a bunch of different stuff going on i just I don't know. Hopefully this is like everybody, if you're listening to this now live, I don't know, besides like all of us, there's like two people not able to speak and listening to us live. But anybody that's listening to us possibly now, tune in MP3. Poss- I, hopefully I can get this up like immediately so that people can do it. Is, it, like, on, is it on uh, YouTube? It yeah, is on it's YouTube on YouTube. Three. Watch it, FP3. Wait, like, yes. If we can get as many people as possible to watch this damn thing, uh, that's like, that's only going to make this probably more likely that we see more of this next year so i would absolutely good lord like want people to be watching this so we'll see now this, this might motivate me to actually get this up like immediately which i never do so but um yeah that's the like that's exciting for me i would i like anything that i can watch for endurance especially for wc weekend content and especially for free practices is give me all of them so i'm excited for that but yeah man well good i like the transition night too so thanks for that flood but uh, I, I think, I think Chris, before before uh, we we pivoted to, to hang out with Flood for a bit, we we're going to talk about something that I haven't really dug my teeth too much into. But you might know more about this. So FIA Motorsports games or FIA Motorsport games. You want to tell us about it a little bit? So a couple of weeks ago, we had the first edition of the game since COVID hit. Uh, the last edition was in. Valley Lunga with when he had and at that games 2019 you just had GT F4 touring car esports and drifting. Um, now they went to Paul Ricard for this year's edition. Uh, so they kept the 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 the, the disciplines that they had in 2019, but they added a GT Sprint where it was basically all pro. Or it wasn't all pro, but you can have whatever driver rating you want in those cars, which I thought was a very nice addition. You had rally. You had three different disciplines of rally. Uh, you had karting and different disciplines of that. You had auto slalom. You had, um, let's see, uh, oh, uh, autocross or, or cross car, my bad, and other stuff like that. And I thought that those were great additions because it's sort of like the Olympics, right? Because you'll have a big event like that and you'll catch yourself watching things that you normally won't watch. Um, I And so the next edition of the games have been announced for uh, 2024. So it, it looks like it's going to happen every two years, which I think it's a great idea. Don't need to have them every year mm-hmm. uh, at Valencia. Uh, I don't like track, but I guess infrastructure's there. Like because they need all the stuff like carding and stuff like that. So hang on, hang on. You you don't like the track at Valencia? So no, I, d- I don't like Valencia. What? <laughs> nah. I, feel like I don't either. The... I don't what? either. What? Yeah, it's not a good what? track. No. Oh, okay. It's... I'm getting out. You you time. you and Alex have uh, on 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 the Discord. You guys can you guys can bond over that opinion. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to die on the hill that that Valencia is a bad track. Valencia can have good races, but more often than not, it's not exactly entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't really watched too much car racing at Valencia. I've watched more bikes at Valencia because that's what it's known for. Um, 
But I think the, the car racing I have right uh, seen has been quite good. Except for Formula E, that was trash. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. like that either. <laughs> we don't want yeah. it. GT we World Challenge Race 2. GT World Challenge Race 2 from this year was, was good, only because you had, you know, like the changing weather conditions and tire strategy and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, a, you, Flood, have I watched <laughs> some bit of the games, and you're happy about one particular result. Yeah, I we got a gold, we got a gold, and it was Matt Campbell, so I was very stoked to see that. Um, he controlled that race from the very beginning, which was amazing, so I was, I was very happy to see that. Uh, we didn't quite go so well with the TCR or the GT, uh, the Pro-Am, or the, the whatever, whatever, the, the non-GT sprint aspect. Um, the, the Groves had a pretty shocking time in the, the, the first of the two races there. So, uh, bad luck to them after they've had problems with their car at Bathurst and also at, uh, Spa getting that, like riding off that Porsche twice, which was, you know, not a fun time, but yeah, Matt Campbell, <laughs> Matt Campbell, we won, we want to go medal. We won the GT sprint. He had some, he had some big, he had some big names in there. I mean, he had what, Mirko Bertolotti, Dries Vantor. So it wasn't exactly like. You know, a bunch of washed-up has-beens racing in it. You had, like, names that are well-known in the sports car racing community. So I, I hope that that grows. Obviously, I think we had less cars than what we did in 2019. Yeah. Which I thought for the cars that we had, the grid count that we had, the racing wasn't that bad. Obviously, when you compare it, you know, but with the grid that we had, like, it could have been a lot worse. Like, it was, the they were fine races. Yeah, T- TCR was probably more entertaining throughout the like mid pack. I believe Tom Cornell won the gold medal for that, <laughs> so he'll he'll get the post and tweet about that all day long. Um, Kimi Antonelli, if you know anything about like the junior formula scene, like that was that was a solid lock, and he won the gold single handedly um, in F four, and and then overall in the games, Italy won they they won the games on the, so congratulations to them but i nice. i like this event uh it's obviously it's the olympics of motorsport that's the most easiest way to explain it uh, and i i hope this event grows because i think this could be something that could be much bigger yeah um mm-hmm. because imagine if we can get like more disciplines in other areas of this like I don't know. Could, could maybe like maybe NASCAR will in Euro Series or, or gives puts up the stock cars or something for a, a discipline or and, and stuff like that. So but that, that, that's what I have about the FIA Motorsport Games. <laughs> I like I like it. I was entertained. It was Sorry. fun. Sorry, we, Chris. Um, we, some... we, had, we had a comment about adding car like car soccer to it in the future. That would be uh, <laughs> that would be a little yes. bit funny. That would be a little bit funny. Thanks. And funny he mentioned that because in the States we had a little show called Lucas Oil on the Edge that would be on the Speed Channel. And there was an exact there's an episode of exactly that. And it was <laughs> it, this is only gonna make sense for the Americans. But when the car when they pushed the this big old soccer ball into the makeshift goals that they had a big old goal graphic that'll jump up and down the screen like in speed channel font. It's so funny for unknown reason. Brilliant. 
Man, but I mean, anyway, Lucas yeah. Lucas Oil on the Edge uh, content back in the day and some the, on the Speed Channel was always like top notch. It was always a plus. It, but, it yeah. still exists. It's just on Mav TV, and it's just no nobody really knows that it's on there. Mm. So, no, I, I like the idea. Honestly, like uh, I think if it gets a little bit more traction, like I just I just genuinely didn't realize what it was until I just Googled it when I saw the it in your notes before we were talking about this. Cause I just didn't know about it. I don't know how it like completely missed my radar, but this is definitely something that I would get into. And if it's every like two years, it's definitely an event that it, it can easily stand out from the regular motorsport calendar as its own thing. And there's no real, there's no real need to be, you know, withholding drivers from this if they don't want to do it because it, you know, it's literally, you know, an FIA product and it's, it's, it's for I, I think it's ultimately for a good thing. Like it's encouraging yeah. more countries to to try to like you know be seen in the motorsport community, especially from driver talent, and that it doesn't always just have to come from like a two dozen countries. So I like yeah. That. I, I think it's I think it's a great way to have a showcase of worldwide formula. You know, like GT three, like TCR, and put it on, you know, a, a stage where you encounter drivers and combinations you might not have expected before. So, like, you know, the fact that we had a global TCR, we have a global TCR formula, and we one of the Australian TCR drivers got to drive against all of the TCR drivers from around the world. Like, that's cool. So can you imagine, you know, if we had, like, a Carrera Cup World Cup class in, like, a few years' time where you just said, like, they've got the, the, the Champions Day or whatever for Carrera Cup, where they all do the test to see if someone wins a slot in the um, Porsche Junior program. Like, if you imagine you had Carrera Cup as one of the categories, because the amount of the Carrera Cup championships you have around the world, yep. and, you know, do something like that. And, yeah, it can only it can only go upwards from here. Like, I caught myself watching drifting one night. I've never watched drifting before in my life. It confused the absolute pants out of me, but I had a good time. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just a great... It would be a cool way to sort of get some national identity behind motorsports, which is a very sort of team and brand-orientated thing. Mm-hmm. In a way that's not terrible, like the A1 GP was. Uh, yeah, no, that, this is what I'm saying is that it doesn't, like, I'm sure there's probably some blah, 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 corruption, whatever, yada, yada. But <laughs> I, I think at the, at the at the base of it, this is trying to do what I think no other motorsport series can do because it's all, you know, very much monetary driven. Like, it, it has to specifically do the a lot of the things it wants to do and be greedy because of a monetary position. This just opens it up, especially for drivers, the people that a lot of the fans resonate towards um, to give them their own identity. It also kind of, you know, allows each of these sports to like be able to showcase themselves and in the different ways that motorsport, you know, is seen and enjoyed by different people. Um, You know, I I think just getting eyeballs on it where it's not, and it's not where that it's just restrictive. Like we only talk and we only discuss it from this perspective is really encouraging. And I I think that's where I think the race of champions kind of tried to do that, but I think this Mm. does a better job doing it way more than the race of champions does. Cause I, I genuinely feel like there is a country interest behind some of the stuff that's going on, especially the drivers, that kind of thing. They're not necessarily motivated by I'm popular and you know, and I want to represent my, whatever I'm motivated by brand or, you know, country, but again, for my own brand reasons, you know? So yeah, that's a little rant, but I, I think I really hope this goes, you know, this keeps taking off. And, um, I, I hope that this continues and that it builds clout because it would be great to see F1 drivers want to do this, you know, 
because it's it's something important and meaningful, especially to drivers, because I think you could easily get that in less than a decade from this if this works well. Yeah, imagine if we in, we had a, like an F4 class and then also an F2 class, maybe with some F1 drivers. Obviously, you're not going to get F1 cars as part of the motorsport games, but no, F2. no, no, that's totally doable. So, and then we'll get dirt ovals and, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry, speedway, that, yeah. dude, that would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> a speedway class. I'd be so down for that. I want to see, I want to see Max Verstappen, uh, you know, uh, take, take Denmark to the gold by winning somehow a, a dirt oval. Is it Denmark? <laughs> Denmark, are you? I'm kidding. Mate. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What What about like? Is there like going to be a heptathlon for for motorsports? Like, is there, is there what you're going to win a GT race, a TCR race, a a drift and uh, yeah. a rally, yep. a rally cross? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, another another good one for an decisive stadium super trucks. Absolutely. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. Robbie Gordon would instantly win gold just, for a few of these. <laughs> just just quickly. As a motorsport games heptathlon, who do you reckon out of the current drivers that you're aware of would be the best all-rounder in terms of like rallycross, TCR, uh, or, or touring cars, GT cars, and I don't know, open wheel or drift? What do you uh, who do you reckon? Frederick Vervish. Vervish? I didn't yeah, realize he, he did much rally. And uh, I don't know if he does, but I know he does TCR and GT3 a lot. Yeah, fair. Cookie, any any takers? Uh, man, any I was gonna ideas? say Vanthor, but I genuinely don't think that he's done any rallying. So I'm gonna throw a name out there. Wait, Indy Oh, oh, okay, that's a good one. Raikkonen, <laughs> Raikkonen could work. Raikkonen could work. Raikkonen, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying oh. to think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe well, Tandy. I'll... Maybe Tandy. Tandy would be hilarious. Does he? I think he rallies. Doesn't he rally? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. There's there's some GT driver that we're we're not thinking of that also rallies, but anyway, John Todd. He's or Henry Pescarolo. (laughs) Oh man, yeah. Oh no, no, no. What are we? What are we talking about? Carlos Sainz Senior. Like, just drag him out. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. He'll kill it. But yeah, so um, hopefully we uh, we get to talk about this in two years and how awesome it's it's going to be. So, um, yeah. but yeah. Speaking of new disciplines, if, if if wall riding was ever added to the motorsport games, I think we all knew who's going to win the gold medal for that. Let's talk about Ross Chastain. I know it's been talked all to death, and the NASCAR season is over. Yep. Uh, but a flood. You probably have to have seen this. Nah, yeah, do, you, do you know what a Ross I Chastain saw, is? Yeah. I, I don't. I have no idea who he is. I have no idea what the context was. All I saw was a NASCAR going <laughs> way too fast up against the wall, <laughs> passing like fourteen other cars on the last lap. I, I yes, just saw that yes, that, yes. that clip and was like, "How is this even legal?" Also, okay, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, hold, okay, 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 okay. But before you say anything else, so Chris, I already think I know what he, like what his initial reaction of this is. Because it was basically mine too, and I, I know you're probably like there's you probably liked it too, but there's probably a little bit of it as well. But flood, did you like did you like the move? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wasn't quite what I thought, but yeah, because I'm also kind of in the I don't know leaning like the 
you did a good job, but I please, dear God, somebody patch that that hole up real yeah, quick. Like, like it's like that is that is one hundred percent an exploit and like <laughs> fantastic job for for doing it and getting it to work. But like, is that should that be allowed? I don't know. I, I so, do you think that's like do you think that's the endurance part, like the sports car racing, or do you think that's just like the gamer and all of us that's all done that or like have seen that done to us online and that this is like part of us going like. We got jipped by that at some point. We that shouldn't be allowed. Like I can't tell if I'm on that that level or if I'm on. You know, like I'm just, I'm just still like I, not okay with it from a sports I, car like rule standpoint. I I think a good comparison for this, and I'll uh, and I'll let Flood um go on. I think because I saw a great comparison that this was like Alex and Nardi's The Pass back in '96. Awesome when it happened. Probably shouldn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's Laguna Seca, right? Yep. Yeah, at the corkscrew. Yep. Yeah, I know the one. I know the one. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those where like the yeah, I don't I don't know if it's the sports car person in me or just the the person who likes integrity and is just going like that can't be allowed. That shouldn't be allowed. What's going on with that? What can, why, why is that allowed? <laughs> yeah. like, on, the, on the other side, like that is that is ingenious. That is just absolutely just ridiculous how do you think to do that and then actually do it like that's yeah i'm i'm impressed that it happened but i'm not sure that i could be impressed that it happened i have not i don't know my feelings yeah i I don't know i think that's i I think it's genuinely like i know carl edwards sort of did it and i know that kyle larson sort of did it but that those were half efforts like it there wasn't like I think an actual thought, like it was more like, oh my god, it actually sort of worked, but it was like I don't think it was on a level that this was at. Like it just, this one was just a pure video game move. Like I, I know, yeah. I know we, you know, people have said PlayStation moves before and stuff, and I know he literally quoted GameCube, but like it straight up was a video game thing. Like there's no way you would have thought about it, no way you would have like kept it on the gas the entire time because the telemetry is out and he didn't lift. And like went into a higher gear, like that's literally somebody who's done that before on a video game. And I don't think I have ever, ever, ever in my life seen a motorsport race finish with somebody accomplishing a feat like that, and only specifically had had experience and only knew about it because of video games. Like I, I, I genuinely don't know if I've ever seen anything like that in my life. And I think like that is the thing that I'm unbelievably impressed with. But at the same time, I'm just like, dude, patch updates are coming. You gotta, you got, you gotta hit the patch updates, guys. Like, you know, we're we're at week thirteen here. You know, like th- this is like, you know, like all this isn't for i rating for all the i racing people out there. Like, this is, you know, this is okay. But then, like, let's let's just kind of go. We've got to not. We now have a Ross Chastain role. Congratulations, kind of thing. So, yeah. I I, lo- so- I mean, I loved it, but I I also hate it. <laughs> let's, 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 let's also talk about the context of this. Yeah, I was just about to ask. So, like, what what was the context? So, so basically, this was the final race before the the, the season finale, which the top four would move on. Uh, so, oh yeah, that's tra- right. Because the NASCAR has like the stupid chase thing. Where yeah, they the, gonna, the playoffs, yeah. the elimination format. So, Ross Chastain was a few points behind Denny Hamlin. So he needed to pass a couple more cars so he can get ahead of him in points. So that was the context. He needed to pass a couple of more cars 
And then, you know, we all know this. We all know how the story unfolded. He did that and then some in order to advance to the championship four. And he got, he got second in the, in the finale. So. I, it, it worked. It completely worked in his favor. Yeah. And he had like a kind of a semi season long rival that he basically knocked out because of that. <laughs> so it, it, it was like, he basically got the last laugh on, on his quote unquote rival that he had throughout the season knocking him out of the playoffs, sending him into the, the, the final round or the base of the last race of the season. I mean, it was literally just like, I, 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 again, like if you would have told me beforehand, like, Hey, by the way, somebody's going to execute a move on the last lap by wall riding. And then I just know that going in, I, I would not have expected a, the speed and B the amount of momentum that he carried and just see the amount of cars he actually passed with the first two. Like that was, that was, that, that was kind of like mind blowing how, how great it worked. And again, like we've heard from like Steve Latart and just, just from what you can see on the damage, like the car is, the car was the reason why he was able to do it. Like the car just built like a tank and the, even the tire didn't even pop. So it was just like, like, Okay, well, now knowing that, like, that thing is as tough as a tank. I was kind of almost half expecting somebody to do it the final race that happened last weekend, which nobody <laughs> did, because the, the literally the start finish line is like right after the last turn, like turn three, four. There's like maybe 150, 200, uh, or what is it, like 50 to 100 meters of distance, less than that even, from the last. Translating. Yes, from the last turn to the start finish line. So all you need to do is just like wide open throttle it, maybe 160, 70 miles an hour if you get that high, and just keep it wide open. I think it probably would have gained you two to three tenths if somebody would have done it. It would have wrecked your car, but I think somebody could have actually gained time on the last race last weekend if they tried it, but no one did. So it's kind of like... No, because in in, in Phoenix, um, turns three and four... Um, the outside wall, it goes outward before it goes into the rest of the corner. Oh, okay. So you won't be able – you know how – basically, as soon as you exit the straightway, the outside wall turns away away from you a bit and to make the, make the track a little bit wider. So it wouldn't I, – I would wage a bet that it wouldn't be possible at all to do that actually mm-hmm. because like it's – you can't just hug that car to the wall from the straightway. If you came so out at an angle, say what? So you'd actually be like, in order to affect that move up against the wall, you'd actually have to hit the wall, not just like run up against it. Yeah, you would, unless you, you would have to go like probably like I don't. It wouldn't be as perfect as let's say Martinsville, and I think I think and 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 I think the 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 turn is way too long. Like, the outside radius of that turn is way too long for it to be effective, in my opinion. I think, okay, yeah, yeah okay, fair enough. But I, I also think Richmond could be possible with that, and I also think Bristol could be possible, would be possible. Well, here's here's the one thing, like, I know, I know, I know David Land, but David Land, there's, there's a gate. There's a gate on, I believe, turn four, basically, because it's, since short, it's a short track, they don't have any tunnels that go underneath, no bridges that go over. They have so they have gates in the corners to allow transporters to or, or to come in and go. So that's you know how to get in and out of the track. The worry there was like if 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 they don't like curb stop this and make it a rule that you can't do it, like a car could potentially you know catch that gate and just 
bump this jump the car right into the middle of the track and cause an even worse scenario. So that's like a, a, another thing that people were kind of focusing on when when saying like it was cool when it happened, probably shouldn't happen again. Yeah, and I, I think the last thing I'll say to it as well is just that um, I, I think in in the moment too when it comes to this stuff as well, like we we I think we'll see this play out in other tracks where it can be useful to do that or just stay in the throttle anyway. Um, because this car doesn't get affected like the other old cars do where you get a lot of friction with this. The car will, will slide along the wall a decent amount. And especially if both, all the tires are up, it doesn't, and you keep the throttle even decently up. It's not really going to want to slow down that much, or it's going to be able to resist a lot of the friction it's going to get. So, I mean, I'm just even thinking about Bristol races where you've got contact and somebody kind of like, just, you know, slaps the wall a little bit like they don't really have an incentive other than just hold it in the throttle and just ride the wall because they saw ross Chant- ross chastain do it and in the heat of the moment i i certainly wouldn't be thinking about that that um that gate and that barrier that swings out that attenuating barrier so i i think that's where I, i'm with you chris where like i feel like that's where it it becomes a safety risk because i don't see where it's just if we leave this up to the drivers especially in the heat of the moment where they're they're clairvoyant enough to go okay yes I there might be an advantage here, but it, for safety reasons, I'm not going to continue because clearly Ross Chastain's kind of set the bar with that. Like you know, uh, I don't think a lot of many a lot of other drivers were going to contemplate doing that because I mean he pulled like four and a half, like almost like I think it was like over five G's at one point. So like that was a pretty ballsy and dangerous thing to do anyway, just to expect that like you were going to be totally fine and no bad, nothing bad was going to happen. So I don't know, five G. I think wow, it, yeah. I think it was a fi- like lateral five G. It was the it was the max like, G force. That's like an F one car. Yeah, and it was yeah. Well, it it was. I don't know if it was sustained very much, but obviously, like it was. I mean, he was into the fours for a, for a bit. I mean, because it's just a constant out. turn. So mm. you know. So again, it's not where I don't expect this to be like. Oh, everybody's just going to do it. But I just. You know, and again, when we're talking, it's the same year that we have this new car and the back of the car is doesn't crumple as much. And we're having drivers that are like out of the season or they're end of their careers because of concussions. They're like going on this year. And it's just like it's it's a juxtaposition between what a lot of NASCAR is wanting to be. Also, what the fans want it to be safer. The drivers want it to be safer. But then also at the same time, it's very entertaining, exciting, and it definitely grabs some eyes. So like. I, I ultimately I think it's it's good for motorsport and it's good for NASCAR <laughs> because like it's it's just something that like I don't think anybody could come to a consensus of an opinion on where you're like this is good or bad like everybody's got a right to their own opinion on it honestly like it's it's such a spectacular thing that happened so uh, but yeah <laughs> crazy stuff oh um flood how do you think about uh an American being an F1 next year I, I think it's good for america and you could argue that it's good for the sport but i don't like yeah how many oh yeah okay go ahead sorry oh i was gonna say i don't like how many bad american tracks are on the f1 calendar (laughs) because there's three of them yeah count them three yeah you can we can keep circuit of the americas i don't like the other two though i will say could you draw any of the three uh tracks uh from memory right now i could draw circuit of the americas yeah maybe circuit of the americas the other the other other two, I have absolutely no recollection. Okay, 
while you guys actually go into the nitty gritty of this, I'm actually going to try and draw Coda. So, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll yeah. Post the photo in the live chat. But yeah. So, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Mister Sergeant? Right, I think. Yep, Logan Sergeant, yeah, actually yeah. the brother of old of former NASCAR camp uh, Craftsman Truck Series driver Dalton Sergeant. So how about that? That's that's some that's pretty American, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Honestly, um, I feel like I've uh, when when was he around? Was he in the in the uh, like two thousand eight, nine, ten, something like that? No, Dalton Sergeant was God. I can't even remember. It was like within. It's not not like maybe like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. It was it was like around that time. Um, gotcha. and he just kind of. I don't, know, I don't know what he's doing anymore, but yeah, I, I'm 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 very happy. Logan is uh, getting the seat. You know, if he, you know, obviously the huge asterisk is if he gets the super license points from the Formula Two uh, races at, from Abu Dhabi. I think he just needs to hold steady and like where he is in points, and he'll mm-hmm. get it. Yep. Um, but like after from basically because if you remember the 2020 Formula 3 finale at Mugello. It was Piastri and Sargent fighting for the championship, both Prima drivers. And like that final race, you know, I was I was up at, you know, half ass crack at dawn <laughs> watch, watching rooting for Sargent, then everything just comes tumbling down and the factory of sadness, you know, comes bearing down in the good old US of A. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, with the history of junior drivers from the states like this this is it like i i don't think how he i i, I don't know if he's able to you know recover from this because normally like if something happens like that like they usually just go off to other options in the united states they have that luxury but he kept at it he was in he got f2 he got an f2 right with carlin and and now he's gonna be in formula one uh it, you know Regarding if he gets super license points or not, so yeah, it makes me extremely happy. It gives me another person. It gives me a, per, a person to actively cheer for something I can actually. Because like I, I was like I was like a Magnuson guy, but now I have actually like a homegrown talent to root for, which is nice. So are you a big Haas fan then? You're you're a, a bit of a Haas hole. Uh, I, I went back to being a hostile after the, the Russian money was gone. <laughs> yeah. Basically when, when the Russian money was there, it was like, I didn't really care. I was like, yeah, I'm, 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 but now that they're gone and now it's still, I, I'm, I'm back in the sinking ship. Until <laughs> well, Andretti Autosport think, joins. Ooh, I'm, I'm down for that. Um, I think it's really good for, yeah, the American market because, you know, it's you always want to have someone to, you know, as you guys say, someone to root for, which really just weaves me the wrong way. Um, and like with with the amount of popularity that F one is gaining in the states now, with you know the whole Netflix fan phenomena, um, I think that's really cool that you guys have someone to actually care about. Uh, so kudos to you, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Sebring sucks, right? This, Red flood. I, I yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> There's also going to be a new Australian on the grid next year, so if I can have a moment to say, I mean, it'd be yeah, cool it. to see. It was yeah. what we mentioned is what the bane of my existence in the 2020 F3 finale. It's Oscar Piastri. Hell yeah, it is. 
<laughs> Dude, he's going to be okay. I hate. I, I don't want to say it. I really should. I I feel like he's going to be world champ. He's going to be world champion. Like, hey, he's he's he definitely I, has that. Like, he he has the flashes of like a Hamilton Verstappen kind of like early confidence kind of thing. Same with Colton Herta. Colton Herta is the same way. Um, like you kind of get those like they're 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 confident in the right areas. Like they're still you know like learning how to do stuff, but like. When it comes to the right stuff to be a world champion, I feel like there's certain driving styles that you kind of look for for like people that are confident in what they could do, and Oscar has it. So you guys, you just you guys just need somebody to win one of your home GPs. Like that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's it's wild that we've gone so long without anyone winning in Australia because they just had. I don't even think we've got a podium getter because the one time that Ricardo got it, uh, he got disqualified afterwards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, is this is not- where I pull the pull up the um actually the non Formula Formula One races the uh, non Formula One Australian Grand Prix have had Australian winners to so stop whining. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the the New Zealand Grand Prix has had a bunch of New Zealand winners as well. Like, what's your point? <laughs> Doesn't matter you- if it's not a world championship. Touche. Yeah. Right, by the way. By the way, this is uh, so something I've been doing is I've been spending the whole year educating my new Netflix F1 fan friends um, about stuff that's happened throughout the uh, like F1's history. Did you know that the country with the most different Formula One Grand Prix winners, so the, the most drivers who have won Grand Prix, is America? Is the US of A? Uh. Really? Did it's you, it's yeah, surprising I, I, because they didn't. Yeah. Not a lot of them won much, but do you, you want to know? You want to know how that is the case? Oh, the historic, the yes. Indy five hundreds. Wow! Yes. Thank you for um, SWTZR in the chat who ruined the surprise. Yes, when the <laughs> when the Indy five hundred was once part of the F one calendar in the mid uh, the, what the fifties and sixties. Of the 10 different drivers that have won uh, Grand Prix, uh, American drivers that have won Grand Prix, nine of them have won one edition of the uh, uh, yeah Indy 500. It's my contention that they, should, they need to bring it back. It's got to be part of the That's World Championship. part of the F1 calendar. <laughs> yeah, they got to do it. I mean, you, I, mean I, I know it's hoity-toity and all that, and you know, uh, to, to not want to do ovals and stuff, but like, look, man. Ovals just exists as a part of as a part of motorsport, man. And like open wheels still has a history of doing it. They've done it before. They recognize the, the difficulty of doing that. Boom, bada bang. Like, let's go. And then well, you can like start getting one car versus the modern Indy car. Well, no, but uh, I don't know. They they they, it, they it, can it they can be, get approved. The... They can, yeah, get, they can get approved cars that they can service no, for like just, a month. It'll, it'll be the champ car. Uh, it'll be the champ car Long Beach Indy car Matagi situation. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where, where you had two races in the same weekend with two different sets of cars, but they both counted for the same championship. Yep. That's dumb. Because that was, <laughs> well, in, in context, Flood, this was re, the reunification year, and, like, they had contracts they couldn't bow out of. So they're like, okay, one last hurrah for champ car. But the fact that it had to be reunified was dumb. The, the fact that it ever split in the first place is dumb. Indy car and cart are dumb. <laughs> well, that's, dude, don't even, don't even, like, cart it has nothing to do with this. This is, this is all Tony George, all right? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Like, that's, it's all Tony, you know, like, it, 
you sit back and relax as I tell you a story about Tony George, but like this <laughs> this man should never be near Motorsport ever again in his and I I I, I, I wish no harm on the man, but like my God, he was uh, like he might be the worst person that I've ever seen be involved anywhere in motorsport. I've ever like the the just the person who doesn't get it at all. Even like, even more than Bernie. Oh, I guess Bernie Eccleston did get it. He did get it. John uh, Jean uh, Marie Ballastre. Jean Marie Ballastre. Um, yeah. but, but like he he was an actual like he wasn't a sniveling coward. So, like, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Tony George is, like, is, you know, like, he, he's, like, the, like, the meek kid that, like, would get picked on all the time. And then he got handed, like, a gun. And so he's just, like, not, not like he's going to kill anybody. He's just, like, oh, I have the power now. So I want you to go get me a jelly bean. And, like, oh, you're disrespecting me. So I want you to, like, go sit in a corner and never talk to anyone again for a while. Like, it's that kind of stuff. Like, that's basically how he handled IndyCar in the 90s and like essentially ripped like IndyCar racing apart for like almost 20 years. It was great. Thanks Tony George. It was so great. If if cuz there's some some wild theories out there that the FIA Liberty Media are not happy with uh, oh then you might split. If that happens, do I get to call F1 cars crap wagons? <laughs> <laughs> No, I to just be got fair, crap sandals. To be fair, they look like they look. They're they're boats nowadays, aren't they? F one cars. I was yeah. as I, yeah, as I might mention, uh, been given a history lesson and looking at like highlights from the mid two thousands, like those two thousand and four cars. They look so much more nimble and terrifying than the modern cars do, and the mm-hmm. racing even back then was oh, closer. It felt closer, even though that the um the the downforce and the aero wash made it suck because the cars were just so much smaller and they looked so much more nimble i i think the nimble part is is a big deal too um and especially with those cars they just had the aero that you know with the aero wash making it unbelievable it also allowed them to basically just like turn the wheel at like i don't know 100 degrees in an instant and then straighten out and the car's just like it instantly reacts there's no oversteer understeer it just instantly snaps out to whatever you command and there's just so many aero elements on there that like can handle you know essentially moving out from behind somebody to try to overtake like it made it exciting when they were there but it definitely did not make it easy uh to like for exciting racing yeah exactly i think i think these cars obviously like have more safety in mind so they're bigger that way but i also obviously the hybrid units blah blah blah. but um the lack of the aero i think is is a, a benefit but at the same time, it's it's making it harder to see these cars dart around at all. Like you're 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 seeing these cars being driven on the limit, and for these cars with their aero packages, the limit is basically you're trying not to crash. Like a lot of times, you're when you're, when you're coming under braking, and so like I don't feel like we're seeing a lot more defense um, as it's, as we saw before because of this. But um, yeah, and because the cars are so wide and so long, and they have such short braking zones because they're so aero efficient and so you know hard on the brakes yeah. it means that they rely a lot on drs to pass because they should the tracks be, aren't designed they should be skinnier for, though yeah oh my god like skinnier cars would make it so much cooler yep uh just like yeah, skinny that's... lawn darts that basically is what <laughs> i mean that's how <laughs> the, the, the cars are so long too man 
Yeah, or, I mean, or all Delta wings. That or just fatten them up. I, you know what? Keep the keep the width. I don't give a shit. Just make them really fat. <laughs> make them super <laughs> short wheelbase. I don't care. That would make them look cooler. Uh, but anyway, dude, we're going on all kinds of different tangents. I love it. So, <laughs> but uh, okay. So sad news. Um, we'll we'll move on to the last couple topics here before uh, before we wrap it up here. But uh, Core Autosport announces their uh, their closure, their departure from. From this sports car racing um, world, um, any any initial uh, thoughts on their passing and uh, any anything you'd like you to say? It, you make it sound like someone died. Like we're giving you. I guess we kind of are. Because Core Autosport was amazing. I mean, they were. Core Autosport was amazing. Like I love. Core yeah, Autosport. I mean, it is. It. I. I feel like without Core Autosport, ALMS would absolutely have been so much worse off, or uh, or just IMSA. I. I, I default to ALMS, um, which they were in ALMS, but uh, just a transition from them being in ALMS to IMSA, them going through the stages with the prototypes and. You know, being that wild card, literally forcing the DPS uh, at the time to basically change their entire attitude of of camaraderie and inviting privateers to come along for the ride, to being like, "Fuck those privateers, they suck." <laughs> yeah, we only want our cool guys in there, and they basically kicked out uh, the loophole that Core was exploiting. I I, I love it, and um, and the Jeff and his son uh, Colin. They're awesome. Um, I I'm gonna miss them. Like they're they are mm. absolutely like stalwarts in sports car racing. They're intelligent. They mean well. They're always there. They show up. It's like it's definitely a shame to see them go. Um, and you know, but more power to them that they you know that they can enjoy some more relaxation and go win races as maybe father son or go do more other stuff. So, but yeah, man, it's a bit of a eulogy. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad. I love uh, Core Autosport. They were probably, you know, as the, the team op- operating the factory Porsche outfit in the United States, they were a big deal as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I forgot about that. So, yeah, so the fact that they took GTLM victories and championships can't be forgotten as well. But, like, even just from the, the, the prototype challenge days and all the way through to, yeah, almost winning the 2018 IMSA <sighs> championship, Man. like... That that IMSA championship was one of the best series or seasons I've ever watched, and it was energized by this plucky underdog team that found their way into race winning positions just by good strategy, good pit work, and good planning. Like they should not have even had a chance up against literal factory outfits from Acura, Cadillac, and uh, Nissan because ESM was still around at the time. But yeah, they would. And you know, forget about Mazda. But they were they were there. They were in the hunt. And they could have won it in the last race of the season. It was incredible. Chris, my uh, my memories of this kind of were that Laguna Seca race where they, you know, there was that safety car after uh, that 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 first basically before the race, and they just parked for almost like thirty seconds, forty five, like just enough to get into the into the um, the minimum driver time. And then I also remember their their Road America one where they eked out that win on fuel. Um, basically running out of fuel on the uh, cooldown lap. Um, those have got to be some of my standout favorites that I can remember just from them competing at a top level. But uh, obviously, then yeah, Petit Le Mans twenty eighteen competing for the for the title. But wh- how about you, Chris? What do you what do you think? Uh, how, how will you remember uh, Car Autosport as a team? I, I like 
<clears throat> what, what's the engineer Jeff Braun? Yeah, uh, he he's he's the one that stands out a lot to me. His Dinner with Racers episode is excellent. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, um, his son Colin racing with the team for quite a bit. NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race winner. Um, and hopefully Colin moves on to something better, something that'll pay the bills, something that'll keep him in the career of racing because he's definitely one of those good drivers that unfortunately is going to be impacted by this. And, and it, it just, this, this news really just came to me as a shock. Like that wasn't like, from my point of view, from what I, from my stance, like there wasn't like any forewarning that this was going to happen. There wasn't like rumors going around. I was like, Oh, core might be out or core might be leaving soon. It it was just, no core is leaving. Like just, just happened like that. So it, it's, Basically, they just ripped off the Band-Aid all at once with this news. Yeah, they're um, yeah. I, I would definitely say that they're a fan favorite. I think, and even in the Discord and and Reddit um, uh, race threads and chats that we have, I mean, you know, if, if people were like, you know, Corosburg, good or bad, like people would be like, good, good. Like everybody would be like, they're great. Um, so I feel like for the fans too. Uh, you know, just as just a general audience uh, perspective, I feel like there's a lot of core autosport fans out there. So um, it would be it would kind of not necessarily obviously the same tone, but it would be like kind of like a, a Porsche or a Corvette or something like that pulling out um, kind of unexpectedly. And a lot of their fans would just be like, what? You know, like not even really under not on, like I think we all understand core is going to obviously go away at some point. But um They've just done so much well, with so little, and they've done a lot of stuff in, in sports car racing that it just didn't feel like this is how they were just going to immediately call it quits. Yeah, it, it's a bit like, you know, when Alex Job Racing uh, stopped as well. Like, you know, the, it wasn't that the writing had been on the wall for a while, but, you know, they'd stopped uh, entering their cars in the IMSA and were doing lower championships. Then one day they just decided not to. And uh, it's it's been the same with a few other teams around as well that have, you you know, you followed them because they're, not necessarily the plucky underdog, but because they're a, a team that a privateer team that punches above their weight, and that's there's something mm-hmm. romantic about that. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna miss the the orange and blue and uh, orange, white and blue cars. Uh, mostly with Flexbox. I remember the Flexbox ding. sponsorship. Yep. Gotta, <laughs> yes, gotta hit that exactly. Ding. Gotta uh, hit and, that ding. But... And then the uh, like, well, and then they the Flexbox being affiliated with just because again, like. Flexbox was affiliated too with uh, dinner with racers. <coughs> Excuse me, dinner with racers as well. And like, I feel like you know, there's there's a little bit of just of the IMSA paddock community aspect of it too, where it's you know, like the affiliation part of the character exactly. And 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 they've they've always played that role, played that part, and they've been you know part of the the racing circuits for so long that it's just kind of you've 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 grown accustomed to them. And so when they're not there, it's you know, there's things that then you will be missed, patterns that will be missed if they're not there. So we'll definitely be missing the uh, the racing patterns of core autosport in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, time time rolls on. They're not an OEM, so it's hard to expect everybody to, to continue. Um, and uh, we tip our cap. So yeah, just, just a quick thing. One of my favorite core autosports memories is actually from this year's Daytona. Um, and it was when uh, uh, they 
caused a full course yellow uh, just before the fireworks display happened. And you, uh, there was this immortal tweet that I'm trying to find um, where uh, the um, the car, I think it was Colin or it might have even been John in the car at the time, uh, radioed back to the team and said, "It's pre- uh, tell IMSA that they didn't need to get the fireworks out for me getting the car rolling again or something to that effect. And it's just like, <laughs> that is 100% like just the character of that team. It's yep. just, it was just brilliant. Yeah, like and and hopefully the paddock will will have a uh, you know there'll be suitable successors to their to their presence and impact and 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 it's going to be a hole to fill. So, um, yeah, it, I mean it's look, it, it might feel like a eulogy, but like l- let me tell you, when Wayne Taylor Racing hangs that ha- hangs that up, like oh my, that's going to be that's going to be crazy because I have I mean I have I am used to them being a thing forever. I mean, obviously Penske and Ganassi too, but like for sports car racing, Wayne Taylor racing in America, like that was, that is it. And so like, they're probably going to come to a point where that's not going to be a thing anymore either. And that's going to be crazy. So, but sports car racing moves on time keeps moving. That's kind of the thing in our sport. So, but uh, yeah, anything else left on the racing calendar guys that, uh, that we've got coming up here. I know F1 finishes up, but that's already pretty much wrapped up. Anything that you guys might know about that I don't know or anything I might know myself that you don't know that's coming up on the calendar oh, of interest? Uh, Macau next week. Ah, that's it's next it. Week. I was going to ask yeah. about that. So, um, And the GT race is uh, – we got some internationals back in the GT race. We got uh, Eduardo Mortara, Mauro Engel, and I can't I – can't, oh, I believe Marcello's also in there. So some some heavy hitters, not as many as one would expect, because they still have that strict quarantine that you know they're forcing people to do. So it's not as international. Um, here here's a here's a uh, here's something I never thought I would be saying. Um, ever since they took it away, the, the Macau bike race is back. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so I was I was going to ask you guys a quick question about Macau weekend. Mm-hmm. Five and a half is the over under for red flag sessions or red flag, red flagged sessions for the weekend. Is that do you take the over or the under on that? Over, over, yeah. Okay, okay. What 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 are you guys what are you guys estimating for red flag sessions? Like twelve, at uh, least eight. Well, with the bikes, that's what like I feel like with the bikes is, ugh, like I. I'm grimacing at that. I don't even know if I want to watch I, any of the sessions of that because I, I just I, yeah. I so I obviously was like since Macau is so late in the year where nothing else is going on. Like I do remember watching the bike races when they were on. It's it's probably like one of the last things in the motorsport world where just watching it will give you a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like it's like watching stuff from like it feels like you're in like the '60s. Where like safety doesn't exist, <laughs> but I feel yeah, like Isle of Man, Isle of Man TT. Like, it, but I was I was actually very surprised because obviously with COVID, they pretty much they scrapped the bike races because because it was all internationals that came to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you had like Peter Peter Hickman Dunlop. You know, we had well known names in road racing that did it. So I was genuinely surprised because I thought that was going to be like. 
like COVID was going to be a, like a reason, like a reason enough to just sweep it under the rug. It's like, okay, we don't need to have this again uh, on the organizer side. But I, I, I'm, I'm guessing there was still interest because it's, it's back. We got two races on the Saturday. Um, so there's 15 riders. 11 of them are new to Macau. Oh, so God. I am, uh, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. <laughs> I am here. Here's my stance. If the riders want to do it, I can't force them. I can't force them not to. I mean, these riders, it's yeah. like Isle of Man. These riders will, or these riders, you know, are not, are not like us. Like what yeah. they do at like, and what, what we think is fucking moronic and dangerous. They think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's freeing and, 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 and the speed and the, and the adrenaline that comes with it. It's, it's just what they do. <laughs> So like I'm more on the I don't know if the org if the if they want to do it obviously you know on that side of no the road, I know, mean safety yeah. might not be as good. Chinese okay they had a fatal wreck in the bike race like once it, a it, year it was, no they had they had stuff like Macau they actually had years where people survive oh that sounds all that's <laughs> all right oh, like <laughs> that that sounded. Wrong. Oh my gosh. That sounded worse when I said it. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe we should just stop digging this hole. Oh god! But no, but no, there's literally because it's like Chinese TV that you know that runs the cameras. Mm-hmm. Like a writer crashed and it was bad. Like they died from it. And guess what? Chinese TV does. Oh, let's focus on the writer. It's like yeah. ooh. I mean, last oh, last yeah. year, I mean, there was the uh, what was it? The Audi, the R8 that went in and the, it turned two. And I mean, it just I'm it, I can't even like I'm not I'm not exaggerating. The entire front end of that car was ripped off. Like like the monocoque was was intact, but like and the the driver's clearly injured. But they're just like, no, nope, we'll hold the camera on him for like as long as humanly possible until like medical personnel get there. Because why not? Like, what else are we gonna do? And it was just kind of like, all right. I'm I'm for even like you know not necessarily hiding all kinds of stuff, but like there's some stuff where you're like, all right, you can cut away now, guy. Like you can, just, <laughs> you can cut away. You cut the uh, and then also at the same time too. Last year had that uh, one of the support races. I'm sure you remember this, Chris. Where uh, where like they were coming back from from uh, uh, from a safety car, and like the first four or five cars got through the last corner as they're going to green. I guess maybe the tires were all cold or there was oil or something. But every single car, basically, after the first oh, five, yeah. just crashed. That was, like the, that was like the touring car race. Yeah, it was a touring car race. Like, uh, basically, there was like a couple cars that misjudged how quickly you're supposed to go through the last corner. They basically stuffed it into like Tefco, uh, Tepco barriers that were on the side, like the corner exit. But they bounced back and just sat kind of like a corner exit. So a few cars just kind of started like piling up there. So there's like – you could see marshals just furiously waving double yellows. There's like cars for almost like 20 seconds still piling in, like almost at like full speed. Like they just do not realize that it is not green. You need to slow down for cars. Like, and so you just see cars just getting like slamming into other cars, just like one flipping over another one, like others just jamming up. And it's like, this is crazy. This is just utterly insane. Like, there is, there's, this is the definition of motorsport chaos, it, like in its current form in 2022. Like, this, or uh, yeah, at the time twenty twenty one, but still, like last year was bonkers. Uh, so this year is going to be 
insane. And especially with the bikes, I, I'll be tuning in, but I'm going to be putting my hand over my head, my face. I feel like a few times. So that's exciting. I'm, I'll look forward to that. And then obviously that one um, finale as well. So, but yeah, uh, final uh, comments, guys. I think, I'll right? Or, um, in, oh, okay. Supercars as well. Supercars. Oh December yeah, you got your season. Yeah, yeah. Finale in Adelaide on the streets of Adelaide. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be fantastic. Who's uh, uh well, who's leading yeah. the championship? Is it SVG? Well, yeah, SVG's won the championship, yep. and he's also won twenty-one out of the thirty-two races so far. He's had some season. Yeah, he's been ridiculous. I mean, he and, hasn't done as much in, er, endurance racing or other stuff too this year. I feel like, right? He's or, no, he's done. He did the Bathurst twelve hour. He's done bits and pieces of GT World Challenge Australia, um, but he's done a bit more rally. So he did uh, a uh, rally, an, an Australian rally. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, but he also did um, the World Rally Championship uh, WRC two in New Zealand and finished on the podium. Um, in WRC two and in the top ten overall, so like he's done like whatever he's put his hand to, he's done really well at, and he finished on the podium in the twelve hour. So yeah, crack a season from SVG. And I'll have to double check because this is this this weekend is not only the the uh, Bahrain eight hour. Um, there's also the the Bathurst International. Yep, that, that's on this weekend as well. Uh, so TCRs, uh, Touring Car Masters. S5, uh, uh, S5000 is having a demo run, I think. Uh, yeah. Production cars, Porsche Sprint Challenge, and GT World Challenge Australia you know, is having a three-hour race uh, on Sunday local time at, uh, at Bathurst. So I got to double-check to see if SVG is on the answer list. I know Triple H is there. Okay, he is so not. So uh, Brock Feeney will be there. taking the ride. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so after... Eight hours of Bahrain, if you haven't had enough endurance racing, you can <laughs> five, six hours later, you can watch a 13-card race at Bathurst. For three oh. hours. And if yeah. you and if you don't watch that, you can just read my race report about it instead. On uh, Daily Sports Car. Then this, this is my time to shine. Time to get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, the weekend after Macau, you got, I believe, Porsche, Quero Cup, Brazil. I think they got like an endurance race there. That's Thanksgiving weekend for all the Americans. Um, also, WTC, the very last weekend of WTCR is going to be on the Jetta Short Circuit. We'll have to see how that pans out. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. Chaos. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Then afterwards, obviously, you got the uh, Adelaide 500 GT World Challenge Australia supporting that as well. Should yep. and it should be it's like a three day it's like three days worth of racing four days four days oh wow yeah. okay so, yeah um, Adelaide's all, in in my time of being at the Adelaide five hundred they've always done four days so all the support category practice and qualifying with this like normally they do a single race on Thursday then supercars practice and support category races on uh, Friday. And then, yeah, qualifying a race for the supercars plus all the supports on Saturday and Sunday. So it's it is always a huge weekend. Um, that like I'm talking ten to twelve hour days trackside as a marshal. So yeah, nuts. And stay hydrated, Floody. That same I weekend on on that same weekend on the Friday, you get Cremantic with the with the hand cooked twelve hours of Kuwait. Yeah. Oh, um, whoa. Yeah, and Trueless, the last time I checked it, looked great, but it's like, I'll check it out. 
because it's a new track that I haven't seen before. So we'll I'll watch like maybe I don't know thirty minutes. Um, watch there not be any sand anywhere around it. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of near water anyway. Sorry. But then afterwards, that the weekend after, that December tenth, eleventh, that weekend is the golf twelve hours. New and the difference is we had the golf twelve hours before, but the difference is this is the finale for the Intercontinental GT Challenge. Wait, what? Yeah. This it's an SRO event now. What? Yeah. When did that happen? They announced it at the Spa twenty four. This confuses and scares me. <laughs> we have to pay attention to this now. <laughs> we got like thirty something GT threes on the entry list. Oh. And then you got like, I don't know, seven or eight Porsche Cup cars. Just to- classic a classic IGTC just completely ruining a club <laughs> event. <laughs> well, I'm not bitter I'm not bitter about production cars getting forced out of Bathurst, not at all. Well, they didn't have production cars in the Gulf twelve hours anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair, that's true. It's just it's just so weird because, like, the Golf 12 Hours has been this sort of, like, not quite niche, but, you know, still super niche sort of, oh, there's a few GT cars, but mostly it's, like, other Pro-Am sort of racing. And then, like, here comes IGTC! Bam! GT3! Here we go! I remember when it had, L- like, it had LMP3 in the past. But then, yeah. like, I think they like they couldn't work out a deal, or the ACL didn't want them to anymore. So, like, they couldn't really do it. Um, and, yeah, so it, it was, like, GT3, and then GT Cup cars, maybe a couple GT4s. And that, that was really the class structure of it. Um, yeah, so, from my, from my understanding, it's going to be the same organizer. It's just going to be part of the IGTC. But there's going to be, like, SRO stuff involved, but... The, like the organize, so it's like a Bathurst twelve-hour situation, where you can have like the organizer of the event separate to what the championship is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the same organizer also said, "Oh yeah, after the Gulf twelve hours, the weekend after, we're gonna have a four-hour race at Dubai," which I don't think it's gonna be streamed. But they're like, "Hey, anybody wants to do the Gulf twelve hours? We got another four-hour race the weekend before Christmas." And and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and we also got Thailand Super Series that same weekend of the Gulf 12 hours, which that's actually gaining in steam um, internationally because Speed Cafe now reports on it. Marcus Winkelhawk was at the last round. Wait, what? Oh, my gosh. Um, and I believe – I don't know if he still has – a team in there, but Earl Bamber Motorsports was in some way, in shape or form, involved in that series, and it's it's I I'd say it's growing. So if if you can't get enough of the Golf Twelve Hours that second weekend of December, you also got the Thailand Super Series, which also has a lot more stuff than just GT three cars. Like they have pickup trucks and compacts and eco cars, so that 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 that'll be fun. And then. It slowly, inevitably shifts to January, and then we get the roar, and, and, and then we get the roar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in which, in which, I, I mean, you sort of paid attention to it before, but I think this is the first time that I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have your full attention for for the roar. I feel like flood. You're gonna want to know how that nine six three works, and they're gonna have oh, a qualifying yeah. race at the end of it. So you're gonna you're gonna see them in race trim to a certain extent too. So 
Damn it. I was so keen to just forget about racing over the summer and watch cricket, but no. The 963. The 963 is going to be back. Going to be there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I may I may have okay. to make my appearance at the Roar. We'll see. I I'm carrying over a bunch of PTO from this year for uh for holidays, so I might I could burn uh an extra day and go there. That'd be fun. No. Nah, you got to you got to save it to go to Le Mans next year. I can't cuz I got a wedding. Ah, uh, well don't get married that weekend then. No, I'm not. Don't do I, it. Well, I'm standing up <laughs> in a wedding. I'm not getting married. So. Don't don't do <laughs> so it. I used to be like, that yeah, weekend. that's right, that's right. Well, I just I just breathed aside the reef that it wasn't like on it. It wasn't a complete Lamar, conflict yeah. of the Ma weekend. So I was like, yeah, Thank yeah, God. So excuse my French, but uh, yeah, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm excited for that. And then um, yeah, man, we're gonna get to see all the new cars and see how they work, how they do. Except for Ferrari. We won't see that one yet, but whatever. Who cares about Ferrari, right? Um, um, that's a, that's a um, politically charged statement. No, I'm a Ferrari fan, um, so uh, you know, I, I can say that. I don't think I actually can, can say that. Can you? I don't think I can buy a Ferrari anymore. Oh, oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Ferrari blacklist. Anyway, so um, with that being said, I think that is pretty much it for this, uh, this little wrap up for the month of uh, October even though it's well into November but we're getting kind of back into sort of schedule with this so we'll try to do more of that and then obviously we'll have one uh, following uh, this one in December so Flood I really appreciate you being able to just uh, randomly join us for uh, part of this that was that was awesome get a yeah, little thank bit thank you for having me yeah man get, get, get some opinion on some random American side stories we didn't even talk about anything other than motorsport this time Chris, can you we had that? a lot that we had we had a lot to uh cover to be fair I th- next, next month we're gonna definitely have a lot more free time yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that that's when that's when college bowl season starts up oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> i hate i hate it already <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll put a specific uh time stamp in here so people can listen to the uh <laughs> the to us bowl. to us prep for uh for yeah talking about non flood band, stuff, flood band yeah. 11 roll tide exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man uh and chris yeah any any final thoughts from you buddy anything else uh that you got got on your mind you want to get out real quick as the uh as the closing music starts to envelop us all no not really really excited to see how bahrain shapes up see who the champions are going to be for that um i'm actually one of the only people excited for the gulf 12 hours to see how you know that event goes under so branding and uh, the Packers made my life miserable. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the focus for both of us has shifted very quickly to that of uh, motorsports and other things to make us happy because uh, uh, another form of, uh, of, uh, of competitive sport has gone horrifically wrong for our uh, our home state. So we're just not going to talk about that. And uh, we'll see <laughs> you guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on the <laughs> final stint podcast. Have a good night, guys. Next month, where we talk about the socioeconomic policies of the Quad Cities. (laughs) Angry Gazoo.